The serious side of the J. Ross Show is coming up next, right here on the TJRS Radio Network. My father's conversation with me was daily. My grandfather uh, talked to me as a, as, a, as a black man from Augusta, Georgia, growing up in the Deep South. Frightening. And I'm being very light when I use the word frightening. If something goes wrong, your first line of defense, uh, you know, the parents not being there, is to go to the police. If you're Caucasian. So, well, I, I mean, yes, still, that's what you still, teach your children. Unfortunately, uh, you know. it can't work for black children, right? right? Being an African-American is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful blessing. You have come from great people. What I love about you as my son is I remember when we thought about having you and, you know, knowing that we wanted you and watching you grow. You are the Muhammad Ali, you are the Malcolm X, you are the Martin Luther King. You are an amazing young man, and the future is yours. And I will do my best to make sure you're safe. That's it. I love you. Why should I vote? Nothing ever changes. The system is rigged. Why bother? Whether you're trying to get dinner on the table after working a double shift, dropping baby off with grandma, or studying for exams, voting can feel like the furthest thing from your mind. You might even feel like it's just not worth it. But that's exactly what some people want you to think. The truth is, when we stay home, things stay the same or they get worse. But when we all vote, we get new ideas and new energy. We get leaders who share our values and listen to our voices. That's how we change America. And that's why it's so important to register right now and vote this November. And in every election, go to whenweallvote.org or text WEALLVOTE to 97779 to get started and know that your vote will make a difference. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. House Democrats say the bill they approved this weekend sends a strong message to the Trump administration that it must ensure the integrity of the Postal Service and mail-in voting for the November election. NPR's Claudia Gonzalez reports that the Saturday vote came before Postmaster General DeJoy is set to testify tomorrow before a House committee. The House approved the plan during a special Saturday session. It directs $25 billion to the U.S. Postal Service and includes mandates to return the Postal Service to its delivery standards before it recently saw a wave of disruption. That includes reactivating sorting machines and mailboxes taken offline and prioritizing ballots as first-class mail. But the measure is not likely to be taken up by the Republican-controlled Senate and President Trump has threatened to veto it. Earlier this month, Trump made statements raising concerns he would try to disrupt mail-in balloting. 
Claudia Grisales, NPR News, Washington. Overseas now, NATO is rejecting renewed allegations from Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko that NATO is building up forces near the border of his country. From Brussels, Terry Schultz reports that the embattled leader has ordered his military to be on high alert. President Lukashenko made his latest claims that NATO troops in Lithuania and Poland are stirring up the situation inside Belarus as he inspected troops near the Polish border. NATO spokesperson Juana Lingescu calls the allegation baseless. She says NATO poses no threat to Belarus or any other country and has no military buildup in the region. Lithuania and Poland have also rejected the claims. Lingescu says NATO calls on Minsk to demonstrate full respect for fundamental rights. Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg has criticized Belarusian authorities' brutal crackdown on pro-democracy protesters. Lukashenko Saturday ordered his defense minister to implement the most stringent measures to protect the country's borders and scheduled military drills for later this week. Russia has a defense pact with Belarus and has offered assistance. For NPR News, I'm Terry Schultz in Brussels. The city of Galveston, Texas, seems to have caught a break. Tropical storm Marco was initially to be, uh, believed to be on track, to be on a track to bring it close to the city, but the updated forecast has shifted Marco's pass to the east. Harris County Judge Mark Henry says the area is cautiously optimistic, but he's still recommending that cities like Bolivar be prepared. Have your plan ready, have your kit ready, uh, and be prepared for a voluntary evacuation should those things not turn out, and we expect significant flooding in Bolivar. The National Hurricane Center expects Marco to grow into a hurricane later today and make landfall tomorrow, potentially along the coast of Louisiana. Tropical storm Laura, meanwhile, expected to make landfall somewhere along the Gulf Coast on Wednesday. Laura currently dumping rain and bringing strong winds to the Dominican Republic and Haiti. This is NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. Whenever we look to this White House for some leadership or consolation or any semblance of steadiness, what we get instead is chaos, division, and a total and utter lack of empathy. I have sat in the Oval Office with both of the men who are running for president. I never expected that my successor would embrace my vision or continue my policies. I did hope, for the sake of our country, that Donald Trump might show some interest in taking the job seriously. That he might come to feel the weight of the office and discover some reverence for the democracy that had been placed in his care. But he never did. Let's fight with conviction. Let's fight with hope. Let's fight with confidence in ourselves and a commitment to each other. To the America we know is possible. The America we love. Here and now, I give you my word. If you entrust me with the presidency, I will draw on the best of us, not the worst. I'll be an ally of the light, not the darkness. It's time for us for we, the people, to come together. And make no mistake, united we can and will overcome this season of darkness in America. We'll choose hope over fear, 
facts over fiction, fairness over privilege. I'm a proud Democrat, and I'll be proud to carry the banner of our party into the general election. So it's with great honor and humility I accept this nomination for president of the United States of America. It's goddamn tweet and the lie. Oh my God, I'm talking too freely, but you know, it, it's a change of stories, a lack of preparation, the lying, the holy But he's appealing to the base, what they're doing with the kids at the border. I mean... Yeah, and then as he arrived for the game, he was wearing this hat. So, and so were the rest of the Laker players. It was Trump's Make America Great Again hat, but Great Again crossed out and now says Make America Arrest the Cops who who killed Breonna Taylor. You know, this is something that we continue to put our foot on on, on the gas, um, continue to pressure. Um, You know, the situation that's going on in Louisville, Kentucky, um, innocent woman being uh, being killed and uh, by the name of Breonna Taylor, um, a woman who had a bright future, was uh, taken away from her, and uh, there's been no arrest, uh, there's been no justice, not only for her, but for her family, um, you know, and we want to continue to shed light on that situation, because it's just unjust, and, um, you know, that's what it's about. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, with Kathleen Williams, Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit. The official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you, my friend, and everyone, welcome into the show. Here are the topics that we will discuss on this day that the Lord has made, August 23rd, 2020. The unconventional conventional convention, say that three times fast. All right, for the first time in the history of politics, a major party held a virtual campaign convention. Thumbs up or thumbs down? The GOP is now on the clock. Family ties. Another member of the president's family calls him what he truly is, a liar, a cheat, and a fraud. But does it even matter at this point? And no justice, no peace. It's been 163 days since the death of Breonna Taylor, yet no one has been arrested in this case. Are we surprised? Shaking my hand. But as always, I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the very best people in the business. First up, my big sis is in the house. She's an avid, and I do mean avid, CNN, MSNBC, and she is a hanger or a person that groups or hangs out with the Trump people, she does this because you don't have to do it if she does it. Let's bring her in, the very lovely Miss Vanessa Maybell. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday to you guys. Glad to be here. Glad that you're here. Oh, she has a professional voice on today. All right, go ahead, girl. All right, next up, my little brother. I call him the educated brother. His words of inspiration, his words of wisdom, and his knowledge that he brings to the table. Tell you what, it's uh, second to none. Love him to death, and let's bring him in, the one and only Johnny D in the place to be. Good morning, Johnny. How are you, sir? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, It is a wonderful day uh, to be one of the saints and one of the persons who push forward the message of of our most high uh, like I say again, I, I am always elated uh, at the opportunity to to be part of this 
this team of uh, contributors and, and this broadcast, Jay. So a lot to talk about uh, this week here. I, I'm excited. I'm inspired, but at the same time, yet uh, the same old divisive rhetoric has has come upon us. So uh, let's go ahead and set the record straight so those who are listening out there won't be deceived or dismayed by what they'll see in this upcoming week. Absolutely. Well said, my friend. And the man who really runs everything around here, uh, we call him the captain, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Man, good morning, my brother. How you doing? I'm well, sir. And how about yourself? Good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Kathleen. Morning. Good morning, Music. Uh, good morning, Hulk, and good morning, Jerome. Well, good morning, you know, I was morning. counting the kisses. I was counting the kisses, Johnny. When he threw three of them out there, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Now, Vanessa's here. Who are the other two for? But okay, you got it, brother. What's happening, man? Welcome to the show. <laughs> you got it, brother. Got it. <laughs> All right, it, folks, man. listen. All right, like Mr. Elias mentioned, uh, Kathleen Williams off this morning. Uh, our main man, Jerome Spree, usually joins us after his commitment for Clear Channel Radio. So until then, we hold it down. The number is 347-850-1272. 347-850-1272. We have a lot to talk about, like Johnny D said. Chat room should be open. Jump on in. Obviously, you can hang out there or you can hang out on the many websites that we monitor throughout the course of the show. And there's a section called Chatterbox, which happens in about 90 minutes or so. And if you put some good comments out there and if they're respectful, that's the key word, respectful, we will read them on the air for you. Or you can just call in. Once again, the number is 347-850-1272. Without any further ado, let's get this show started. Whenever we look to this White House for some leadership, or consolation, or any semblance of steadiness, what we get instead is chaos, division, and a total and utter lack of empathy. I have sat in the Oval Office with both of the men who are running for president. I never expected that my successor would embrace my vision or continue my policies. I did hope, for the sake of our country, that Donald Trump might show some interest in taking the job seriously. That he might come to feel the weight of the office and discover some reverence for the democracy that had been placed in his care. But he never did. Let's fight with conviction. Let's fight with hope. Let's fight with confidence in ourselves and a commitment to each other, to the America we know is possible, the America we love. Here and now, I give you my word. If you entrust me with the presidency, I will draw on the best of us, not the worst. I'll be an ally of the light, not the darkness. It's time for us, for we the people, to come together. And make no mistake, united we can and will overcome this season of darkness in America. We'll choose hope over fear, facts over fiction, fairness over privilege. I'm a proud Democrat, and I'll be proud to carry the banner of our party into the general election. So it's with great honor and humility I accept this nomination for President of the United States of America. 
It's official. Joe Biden is now the Democratic nominee for president of the United States. Uh, the Democrats held their convention this past week. Uh, listen, it was something uh, that uh, has never happened in the history of this nation. And so let's get it started right there. Mr. Elias, man, give me your thoughts on the convention, your high, your high points, your low points, and uh, we'll go from there. What say you, sir? Well, well, you know, some Jay, the, the, the high points, believe it or not, is a, you know, I don't want to say the new normal, but normalcy, man, just to have a, somebody speak that made sense. That that was the high point to me, you know, and, and it was it was unbelievable just to sit there and watch it, and and, and just like wow, this is this is this is what we were supposed to do, but the normalcy was that it wasn't a convention. There were not crowds there, were not people, you know, um, cheering. And and, and, and and when they had the young man, the, the, the guy, the young man that came out, that uh, Joe Biden. Stuttered. Yes. That, that touched yeah. my heart, man. That one really touched my heart. And I was like, wow. You know, and that, that, that kid had to be one of the bravest kids out there, man, because he spoke in front of millions and millions of people. With his with his um, with his uh, impediment, with his impediment, yeah. So that one was, and then you know, people talked about the low, low point was Alexandria Cortez saying that you know she nominated Bernie Sanders, but that was not a low point. That's normalcy, man. He had enough votes to be nominated, so he had to be nominated. So. I, I, I didn't. I didn't get that point either. But people said, "Why?" Well, I think she's trying to divide. Real quick, Mr. Elias, let me say this. I think the reason why people highlighted that because there were reports that she was not happy that she only had a minute to speak. So I think that's one of the reasons why people really kind of focused on what she on on her speech and the fact that she and then the fact that she nominated Bernie Sanders. People are looking at it as some type of inside goo. But I think that's the reason why people were uh, highlighting that, Mr. Elias. Yeah, but she had to nominate him, man. She had to. Because he had enough votes, he doesn't have the majority. I mean, she didn't have to. I mean, they could have had someone else do it, but I I hear what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah. well, they asked her to. Well, okay, they asked her to do it. What's she supposed to do? Say, no, I'm not going to do it? Come on, man. You know? No, I'm with you. I'm with you on it. Once again, I think people are, uh, and I'm glad you brought it up, I think people are just talking about the fact that there have been reports that she has been behind the scenes trying to prepare herself to be the Speaker of the House and that she's, you know, she has people in her her, uh, sights. You know, we talked about Congressman Jeffrey. She's looking at him as a potential threat. So people are looking at her and the squad as this disruptive young group of Democrats, you know, who may, you know, that are similar to some folks in their minds, at least, as the blue dog. Democrats back in the day when President Obama uh, was was in office, you know, are they going to tear the party up from within? So I think that's the reason why a lot of people are focusing on AOC. Uh, Vanessa, same question for you: high points, low points. What do you think about what did you think about the convention? And uh, you know, give me your high points and your low points. Um, I guess I would have to think about really what my high points were. I didn't. So let me just say that I liked, and I'm having a T-shirt made, what Sam said. Um, there's no there's no cure, baby, or vaccination for racism. So I'm having a T-shirt made that says it with a syringe. There's no vaccination. So no vaccine, no vaccination for racism. Oh, I think that was a highlight to me because it's, can you hear me? 
Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I don't know if it's Hello? you or not, but go ahead. That's go ahead. not me. I'm not sound, though. Um, okay. The good. other thing was, just right off the top of my head, the only thing that made me kind of tear up was to see all of them stand out and see the fireworks display over the flag. Oh, that wow. really okay. made my heart feel good. Did you see that? Yeah. That made my heart That's feel good. It really did. It made me feel like there was some hope uh, to see all of them standing there and all the people in the parking lot like a movie theater. I think that was ingenious the way they set that up. Uh, as far as stuff that Biden said or what they, uh, Kamala Harris said, I just... I can't picture. I can't just figure out something right off the top of my head as to what they said mm-hmm. that made me feel good. I just know how I felt on the inside. If that makes sense. Wow. When I saw them, just how I felt on the inside when I saw them with the fireworks standing there, and when she was talking about racism because I get it. You couldn't think of anything. Wow. That's, well, I mean, listen, I, I hear you. I mean, that, I mean, the bottom line is, is that uh, uh, that's the reason why I wanted to know. It's curious to hear different points of views and how people saw it through their lens. Uh, you know, Johnny D. People talk about the fact that well, Mr. Elias brought up the fact that there were no, you know, balloons and anything like that. But I think because of the seriousness of what was going on, I think it was the right tone. To be perfectly honest with you, give me your thoughts on that, and give me your thoughts on the convention, high points, low points, and what are you thinking? You know, overall, I, I thought that um, for it to be different in, in the magnitude of being virtual, I thought it was real creative, mm-hmm. uh, certainly star-studded, but I, I, I feel real comfortable and confident that, that it hit its points. You know, uh, it, it left me again inspired, understanding that there are more people who think similar to the way that, you know, I see America, and I think most of the contributors on this show see America as more right. united than divisive. Um, certainly, you know, the highlight of, of, of the week is, is just seeing a, 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 a president. You understand what I'm saying? A person who is, is dignified and speaks to the people where you right. uplift them, but at the same time can can be direct with them. You know, just just a you know just a wonderful, wonderful human being, an individual, and leader. Um, and and again, the, you know, the the low point was the fact that you know the eight years have you know had to end, and and we're dealing with this guy. So you know, for for every high moment there was with you know with, with day one with Michelle Obama, you know, uh, doing a great job. I thought Hillary Clinton message was was reverent uh one who who was slightly under the radar but but people have to understand the significance in in general and secretary of state powell's address um i mean again just a a you know the the length of the convention you know those four days sometimes can be a little exhausting but i thought everyone Uh, did a, a wonderful job, you know, the roll call as far as the electoral, I thought was creative. Uh, it brought the faces. I thought, that, you know, those, those um, I'm going to call them round tables that uh, Vice President Biden was having with, yeah. with different individuals was, was great, direct. Um, I mean, again, it, it, it was a, it was different. 
but at the same time inspiring. And I'm looking forward to really seeing how this galvanizes. I think it was, what, $70 million is what they estimated um, mm. was brought into the campaign. So now we've got wow. to turn those dollars and cents into actual votes and not being deterred. And I thought throughout the week that message was in unison in regards to make sure that you vote, make sure that you vote, make sure that you vote early. Make sure that you don't be deterred. Make sure that you have a contingency plan. Make sure that you have your patience. All of those things that we've talked about for weeks leading up, you know, again, was echoed every single day. And, and you know, the, the culmination, of course, with uh, Joe Biden accepting the nomination and delivering, you know, what he sees his vision for America, I just thought was just in unison. And, and it's amazing how, you know, you have a guy who has been, you know, led by an African-American president, and now he will lead a, 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 an African-American vice president into the White House. And that's history in the making. So as we look back yeah. over these years and we see history being written, you know, um, mm. and history will tell on those who are naysayers and doubters. And um, like I yep. said, I, I just don't think that it, w- it was a low point at all, even though Les brought up a valid point with, 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 with the young lady. Um, I, again, just, just untimely, uh, unfortunate, and, um, you know, we move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Twenty five minutes after the hour, you're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rouse show. Um, you know, for me, uh, the high points obviously were the Obamas. Um, I thought that the low point for me was uh, Julia Dreyfus uh, when they had just played a clip of Biden, you know, comforting a, a preacher who lost his wife during the shooting at Mother Emanuel Church. And it was a very somber moment, and it really moved me. Then they came out of that particular segment, and then she cracked a joke about Trump, you know, using National Guard's men to go to church. I thought that was tasteless, and uh, it was just poor timing. Um, and so, anyway, that that's probably the, the the low point for me. But you know, we talked about the convention, and for me, a lot of the speakers were on point. They were on message. Uh, everyone talked about, you know, Michelle Obama and, you know, President Obama and their speeches. Matter of fact, let's play a little bit of Michelle Obama's speech and we'll talk on the other side. Empathy. That's something I've been thinking a lot about lately. The ability to walk in someone else's shoes. The recognition that someone else's experience has value too. Most of us practice this without a second thought. If we see someone suffering or struggling, we don't stand in judgment. We reach out because there but for the grace of God go I. It is not a hard concept to grasp. It's what we teach our children. Unlike so many of you, Barack and I have tried our best to instill in our girls a strong moral foundation to carry forward the values that our parents and grandparents poured into us. But right now, kids in this country are seeing what happens when we stop requiring empathy of one another. They're looking around wondering if we've been lying to them this whole time about who we are and what we truly value. 
Vanessa, I saw that she brought it. She set the tone for the whole convention, and people talked about that speech. People are saying, look, they just need to rerun that. They need to make that a public service announcement. You know, I mean, Michelle Obama in particular, her, her message was strong, and, uh, and I thought that her delivery was on point. What say you? She is smile just to even think about talking about her. She is so articulate. Her words, her words are so powerful that she never raises her voice. It's almost like when you're reading her book, you can hear her saying it when you read her book. You can hear the words coming out of her mouth. But most importantly, what we were joking about the next day was when she said, pack a lunch and maybe even breakfast because we need to stand in line and vote and do what we need to do and not say, not have a judgment or an opinion about what's going on, but then you don't even waste your time. You don't even take the time to go vote, but you're wasting your time running your mouth. She said, stop running your mouth. Go vote. Take a lunch. Take your neighbor. And I got on Facebook and said, I'm taking a tent. And I said, we said, Take some comfortable shoes, too. Huh? Take some comfortable shoes. Take some comfortable shoes, too. Yeah. Take she really gave us our marching orders. And, and I'm with her on that. The people need to early yeah. vote in Texas. We have more than one day to vote, y'all. So there's no excuse. Yeah. Get I out. Love her. Get out and do it. Yeah, well, you know, people so people talked about her speech, but the president said, hey, wait a minute now, you can't outdo me. I got to step up my game. Here's Barack Obama. For close to four years now, he has shown no interest in putting in the work, no interest in finding common ground, no interest in using the awesome power of his office to help anyone but himself and his friends. No interest in treating the presidency as anything but one more reality show that he can use to get the attention he craves. You know, I was standing outside with some neighbors, and when people, somebody, somebody yelled, hey, he's about to speak, all of us ran straight in the house. I mean, this guy still demands the respect and the attention of the nation. I mean, when I watch these funerals, I watched John McCain's funeral because I wanted to hear President Obama speak. I watched the uh, funeral of, um, of uh, you know, all the other funerals for, you know, Elijah McCain. You know, I was going to watch Elijah Cummings and John Lewis's funerals anyway because uh, they're just such great Americans. But I have to tell you, I wanted to hear Barack Obama speak. Johnny D, man, we have about 30 seconds. Man. Well, look, we have about a minute before we have to go to set to, to break, man. Closes out on how the president really brought the house down with his comments during the DNC as well. You know, as, as I always say, uh, like I say, just he, he, he is the forever president. And um, just God sent uh, his articulation, his presence, uh, standing yep. in, in, you know, in, in Philadelphia. I mean, everything was just dynamic, mm. his demeanor. His, his temperament, uh, like I say, you know, if, if, if you don't watch that and come away and, and be just proud of where we can return to, I'm just not sure, you know, what, what, what your purpose is in, 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 in this world. Um, he was direct. He was condemning, but yet at the same time so articulate. I mean, to sit there and say that 
this guy never took the job serious and never had an opportunity to understand the weight, the weight, yeah. the weight mm. of that office. I'm telling you what, man, if if if, if I didn't go to bed with a with, with, with a baby's grin on my face that night, understanding <laughs> that, you know what, this right here, this right here is America. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. just wonderful, just wonderful, yes. Absolutely. What well, what well said. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right. Uh, shameless plug. You know, uh, my daughter makes t-shirts too. Auntie uh, Vanessa. All right. Anyway, so listen. In this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. You know, the president is trying to do everything in his power to, uh, you know, claim that the election is going to be a fraud. You know, and he went at it again, uh, going after mail-in ballots. It's amazing what this man is up to. So in this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less. That's exactly what the topic matter will be. You're listening to the serious side. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this short, 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 short break. Keep it right here. In this year's primary so far, according to a new analysis by NPR, that is far more than the total number of ballots rejected in the 2016 general election, And that may ring alarm bells about what might happen this November when tens of millions more voters are expected to cast ballots by mail. NPR's Pam Fessler joins us. Pam, thanks so much for being with us. Hi, Scott. Uh, The alarms, I suppose, are in the ear of the beholder. Uh, Many fear uh, widespread disenfranchisement because of of rejected ballots. Many see they use as the frailties of mail-in voting. Let's start with what we know about why so many mail-in ballots have been rejected. Well, they're rejected for several reasons. And by the way, Scott, the numbers we have are on the low side because not every state has been reporting them. But most of the ballots um, that are rejected is because the envelope lacks a witness or voter signature, or else the voter signature doesn't match the one that the election office has on the record. And the second big reason is that a lot of these ballots just arrive too late. Most states require that they be in by election day, but as we've been hearing in the last few weeks, there have been a lot of delays in mail delivery. And of course, we have so many more people voting by mail this year because of the pandemic, and many of them for the first time. So that's led to a big spike in the number of rejected ballots. And is there a pattern to whose ballots are being rejected? Well, the the research is pretty limited, but what we do know is that um, first-time absentee voters as well as young voters and voters of color are more likely than others to have their ballots rejected. And that's often because, you know, quite simply, they're unfamiliar with the rules. And there's also some variability in how these rules are imposed, especially for things like whether signatures match, which can be pretty subjective. Um, Daniel Smith, who's a political scientist at the University of Florida, studied his state's March primary where more than 1% of mail-in ballots were rejected. And he found that black and Hispanic voters were disproportionately affected. And in some cases, their ballots were twice as likely to be rejected than those of white voters. And he says this could make a big difference in the general election, even just in Florida alone. If you have 1% of maybe up to 6 million votes, you're talking of tens of thousands of votes that potentially are going to be rejected. And they are not rejected evenly across the electorate. Pam, November is getting closer. What kind of impact could there be? 
Well, it, it could affect not only the outcome of the presidential race, but also congressional and other contests um, if they're closed. President Trump won the state of Wisconsin in 2016 by just under 23,000 votes, but more than 23,000 absentee ballots were rejected in Wisconsin's primary in April. And there will likely be many, many more people voting by mail in November. And the types of voters who are more likely to have their ballots rejected, these young, first-time black and Hispanic voters, they tend to vote Democratic. So um, that certainly has Democrats worried, especially as they're encouraging their supporters to vote by mail this year because of the pandemic. And a new survey by um, the Democracy Fund and UCLA finds that 48% of those who plan to vote for Joe Biden say they'll likely vote by mail, compared to only 23% of Trump supporters. There are efforts afoot, aren't there, to try and avoid so many rejected ballots in November? Right, actually a lot, but, but most of it's happening in, in courts. Um, Democrats are suing in about half the states trying to get these rules eased. So, for example, that people um, don't need to have witnesses sign their ballots or that ballots only have to be postmarked by Election Day, not actually received by Election Day in order to count. Um, they'd also like election officials to contact voters if there are any errors on their mail-in ballots so they have a chance to fix them. Republicans are fighting these changes. They say loosening the rules will undermine the integrity of the election by removing safeguards against mail-in voter fraud, um, even though such fraud is extremely rare. And here's Pam Fessler. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Scott. Five zero one two seven two is the call-in number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's the serious side here on a beautiful Sunday morning. I hope everyone is having a wonderful Sunday. Of course, I'm Jay Rob. Thanks for being here. You can always hang out with us. Go to our world famous chat room. You can go to that chat room by going to Blog Talk Radio. You usually don't hear me promote them because I'm not really happy with some of the things that they do. So anyway, go to Google, type in the serious side. That's S E. R-I-O-U-S-I-D-E, and you can find the show on other platforms where you can listen uninterrupted, or you can come to Blog Blog Talk and be a part of of the chat room, or you can monitor any of the websites that we are monitoring throughout the course of the show. Too many to name, and if you are placing comments that are respectful, we'll mention them during the chat box section of the show. All right, here's the second topic of the morning. God damn tweet and the lie. Oh my God, I'm talking too freely. But you know, it is a change of stories, a lack of preparation, the lying, the holy But he's appealing to the base, what they're doing with the kids at the border. I mean, that was Donald Trump's sister, Marianne Trump Barry, speaking frankly about Trump in a leaked recording obtained by the Washington Post. This has just been released, and this is just one section of it. What you're hearing is a frank discussion about how Donald Trump, on everything from his policies to his integrity to how he's just out for himself, is not a man fit for the job he has. 
And again, this is his sister. You might not have heard too much about her because from my perspective, even as somebody who follows the news, I haven't heard much about her either. But she's a very accomplished woman in her own right. She was a U.S. Circuit judge, a very, very high-ranking judge in the United States, had a very, you know, a successful career. And she does not speak kindly of her brother here. You can see it. The whole narrative here is that Donald Trump just lies, just muddles his way through things, doesn't care about the American people, only cares about his base. But he doesn't even really care about them. He only cares that his base likes him. It doesn't matter if his base is actually doing well. It doesn't matter if their lives are actually getting better. As long as they like the Donald, the Donald is happy. Well, I tell you what, first it was his niece now, here's his sister saying that this guy is a liar, a cheat, a racist, a fraud. But like I asked at the top of the show, does it even matter? Let's start the conversation with you, Vanessa. Does it even matter? I mean, because, my goodness, people are going to vote for this man, and you can show them that this cat is shot. Like you said, you can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, or he can, and nothing would happen. I mean, these people, are, these people have drunk the Kool-Aid. So do you think this, you know, this leaked audio of his sister being very frank about him? Now, this is his sister. I mean, my God, what else do we need to hear when she is saying that this guy is a fraud? He is a cheat. If you go on and listen to the rest of the audio, she talked about how he cheated his way into college. He's a liar, a scammer, a con man. Vanessa, your thoughts on the leaked audio, and do you think it's going to make any, any, any difference at all in the upcoming election? <laughs> no. I'll be here all week. No. <laughs> okay. That's simple. Did you hear me? Any, Absolutely any, Yeah, I heard you. Not. You know why? Uh, Let me tell you what. What? The, what? What made her say this? I just want to know, did she get to go to the funeral at the White House that we paid for for his brother <laughs> because she said that Have they him? had that yet? I don't think they've had it yet, have they? They haven't, they haven't had the funeral yet, have they? But it's going to be at the White House, not... so, so we paid yeah. for it. Yes, Jay, it, it was Friday. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've had it. Oh, they had it Friday, okay. Yeah. Wow. So that's why okay. I said, did she get to, I thought so, did she get to go to the funeral at the White House because she was talking about him? So. I just think it's such a joke because the Democrats, the Republicans, are letting their their hate overtake their common sense. So you know what? They hate minorities, black people, so much, so much that they don't care if they have to sleep in the trailer park for the rest of their life. As long as they can keep Donald Trump in there, making their hoorah keep going, they would sleep in the slums. And and then and be on hood like they want to talk about black people just to keep Trump in them. They would. They would. That's how much they hate us. Yeah. You know, yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy, Mr. Les, man. You know I, what I don't get. Once again, people do not. They they just don't they don't give a damn, man. I, I mean, you can show that you can have video of this guy killing somebody. And they don't care. I mean, this guy cheated on his last wife to be with his current wife. 
He's cheated on her three or four times, the ones that at least, you know, the ones that we are aware of. He's partied with Jeffrey Epstein, which was a, a freaking pedophile. You know, he's caught on tape giving instructions to Michael Cohen to pay off Stormy Daniels. You know, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on, and they still, you have members of his cabinet calling him a freaking idiot, a moron. You have all these Republicans, former, you know, uh, uh, national security people endorsing Biden, Republicans. You have all these groups, the Lincoln Project, Republicans Against Trump. Have you ever seen so many prominent members of one party go against their nominee, their current president, and yet still there are people that will wear his T-shirts, that will put tattoos on their body, and what they don't understand is he don't give a rat's ass about any of them. (laughs) Your thoughts, please. Well... You know, man, what did she say that everybody else hasn't said? That that that's what I'd like to know. Um, but I guess, Mr. Elias, the reason why the reason why, Mr. Elias, I'm sorry to cut you off. The reason why I think it should matter is this is his sister. You can't say that it's someone that's a disgruntled, it's a disgruntled uh, cabinet member. Uh, you know, they didn't like it was someone who got a bad business deal. They didn't like this is his sister. Okay, and that, and that was his niece telling you the same thing. Yeah, but niece and sister, that's different. But what's wrong? They're family members. They are family members telling you the same thing about their family member. Come on, let's just be honest. This is nothing new. When she said, I was like, oh, well, somebody just said the same thing that somebody else has been saying all along, and he's never going to lose. I bet you one thing. Easy Roddy will make an excuse for him. Why, why, why his sister said that? I bet you he'll make an excuse for it. His base is never going to change. Like he said, I could kill somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue, I could kill somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue, and they would still vote for me. He is not, because these people are loyal to a fault. And that's just the thing that's going to happen. No matter what and this man so does. No, no matter what You're he right, does. You're right, Vanessa. He's. He grabbed, he talked about sexually assaulting women before the election, and they still voted for him. He said, "I walk up to a woman and grab her by her JJ. and I, you know, and I stick my tongue down her throat." Didn't deter white women from voting for him, did it? Yeah, but here's the deal with that. You know, when people say he bragged about assaulting women, okay, listen. The bottom line is that's harsh because you know that's the legal term for it. Because I think, you know, you can say that for a lot of people who say they grab people and all this stuff. But it's just the fact that they they dismiss it as locker room talk. That's the reason why they're not really it's saying not anything about it. Come on now. Wait a minute now. Uh, 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 hold on, Miss Elias. Now, hold on now. I'm pretty sure, Miss Elias, if people had recordings in that blue uh, uh Camaro that we were riding around and they be looking at us crazy too. Come on, man. Come on now. So, no, so, so, you were close to it. I'm gonna, hey, you're I, not going to run for no, office if you keep no, this conversation up. Let's no, change it. No, let's, let's just be honest, dude. This, I just want to say something. Let's change segments. 
How, how many how many women have said that I sexually assaulted them? As compared to no, Miss Elias. Okay, listen, man. Okay, listen. Okay, I get it. Okay, I, I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on that. What, what what I do want to dwell on is this, sir, is the fact that you said you weren't concerned about it, and that's the problem. The problem is people are not. It's it's so much information that we've become numb to it. It's like, oh, really? Something else happened? And I think this plays right into his strike zone. Because you want people, you know, if this would have happened during President Obama's presidential term, or even Bush or any other president for that matter, we'd be like, oh my God, look what happened to Gary Hart. There was a photo of a woman sitting on his lap. And his political career went down the tubes. I mean, that's, man, that's minor league for this dude, man. And when you go back and think about some of the things that she said, some of the things that, that his, his, his sister said about him. I mean, she said that he has those principles. He doesn't read. He's cruel. He's a brat. You can't trust him. And, I, you know, I mean, it's all about him, Johnny D. It's all about him. And that's why this is so scary, my brother, is because this man has so many skeletons in his closet. He's going to have to borrow Ivanka's closet and John Jr.'s closet because he ain't got enough room in his all the skeletons that he's hiding, sir. What say you? And Vanessa, I'm going to come back to you after he's done. Maybe I'm coming to you now because he's not responding. Go ahead, Vanessa. You said you had something to say. Okay. Before we change segments, I just want to say this, that if people think that the system or the niece is making up stuff on Donald Trump, just stop people, everybody, and think this is the same man who said that that people should not kneel for the flag, that throw the son of a bitches out and fire them all. But this is the same man who is let Putin put a a bounty on the military yeah. head. And it hasn't been a lot talked about that. I don't get that. And then there's the same man who doesn't care if the military people get their medicine or their checks to survive on. These are the same stupid people that are going to vote him back in, and he's doing just as much damage to them as he is doing to us, and they don't even Worse. It's worse. worse. And, and you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because as a former military member, all these flag-grabbing America the Beautiful folks that are a part of the Republican Party, good old American boys, well, guess what? There have been bounties placed on good old American boys, and this president hasn't even addressed it. With Putin. Nope. Has he even brought nope. it up? And he requested it. He wanted to talk to him before. He wanted, he wanted to have a meeting with him right before the, the GOP convention next week. I mean, what the hell is wrong with you people? This man is destroying our basic principles, the basic principles of this country. And you continue to follow this man to the end of the earth when everybody and their mama is telling you what he is. Quack, quack. Hey. If it sounds hey. and walks oh, like one, then damn it, it's a duck. Stop. Go ahead, Vanessa. Just saying, I was totally agreeing with you. I was just saying that the hatred 
and the racism is overruling what's going to happen when he leaves office and then everything that he has done that's been swept under the rug is going to come out. Y'all wait and see the stuff that this man has put into place. You white people, it's going to hurt y'all a lot more that's if he, than it's going to hurt If he us. leaves office. That's if he leaves office, Vanessa. That's if. He's going to leave office. He's going to leave office. More years. He's gonna leave eventually. Okay. Are they gonna okay. All about I'm that? saying to you, if he loses this election, watch and see what he tries. He's gonna be. He's gonna. It's gonna be must see TV. That's for damn sure. It's going to be. It's gonna be must see TV. Because he's going to yep. fight it tooth and nail. It's gonna say it's fixed. Yep. It's a hoax. It didn't happen. Or or, or 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 it's going to be another Florida and George. What happened with Florida and, and with George Bush and. Um, Right. Well, that's why right. Michelle said we have to vote in numbers so that we cannot say that it is fake news. We have to vote well, in think numbers. about this, Vanessa. Not investments, but another one. In Florida, they but think about this, Florida, Vanessa. They stopped counting votes. Well, Vanessa, well, thank you. You brought it up, Mr. Elias. Think, think about this, Vanessa. Think about the fact that there are going to be more people voting by mail. You have people who can actually reject. You heard the piece just a few minutes ago. You have people that can actually reject ballots. You say hello to your dogs for me, too. They, they can reject ballots. Oh, well, somebody's dogs saying, oh, Mr. Elliott's probably on his <laughs> balcony smoking a cigar no, or something. Jay, that, that's, uh, Jay that, that, that's actually me, so I, I'm apologizing. Okay. Oh, that's yeah, your I'm damn dog. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back, Johnny. <laughs> we wanted to get your comments, brother. Go ahead, man. Jump in this thing. <laughs> 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 I, I do apologize. I got. I got. I got oh man, don't worry about it. <laughs> Yo, man, try, listen, try, trust try me. To, it's all good. Know, I'm always trying to be the father of the day and the father of the week and month and year. <laughs> We've heard that and, too, <laughs> and so forth. Definitely. And but like, hey, I, I tell you what, they, they, the, the commentary and the condemnation from your own family is just just living proof that this guy Thank is you. no more than a reprobate, and you know. His base will not be concerned about it. But I, I tell you what I think I'm, I'm seeing here. Um, well, you know what, Jay? I tell you what. We've been saying this for three and a half years. Why? Okay? So the reality of it is that none of us have that answer. And if we did, we could write a book and, and we'd be on Oprah and, 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 and you know, AM Joy and all the rest of the shows <laughs> trying to trying to yeah. explain the unexplainable other than the fact that you have people who will follow this despot because they desire a leader or to be to, to be anti. Now, I, I'll say this here, and I don't know if anybody else missed it throughout the week. But when Donald Trump said one thing he said is true, when he said that the reason why he exists is because of the Obamas, he is exactly yeah. right. Okay? That is he true. He is exactly right. And that's something that we have said since his election, that the eight years that a certain demographics of individuals felt like they was being oppressed and suppressed because you had a a biracial president, a competent president. Now they sat back and they say, you know what? We got one of our own now. So when he said that now, be mindful that that was the first piece of truth that he has probably said throughout the duration of 
his reign in office, other than the fact that he's not accountable, okay? So when he sat back and said to, to the American people, to himself, that he ain't accountable, he meant that, all right? When he sat back and he and he says and he articulated that because of the Obamas, he is it, he is in existence. Yeah, he's got a he's got a, a ulterior way of saying that, but the reality of it is the truth. And you know, like I say, every day, every day brings us closer to election day. Every day brings us closer to that day where we're going to have to pay that, face our opposition. You know, he's already starting to try to rev, revel up these little county sheriffs and deputies and and these. Armed yep, to watch the polls. Come to the polls mm-hmm. and try to intimidate yep. you. So be prepared for yep. that, folks. Be prepared for that, okay? Definitely. But like I say, the sister, you can hear it in her voice, the disgust and the disdain when she sat back and she described his antics and his behavior. Shameless individual, and we have had to live with this nightmare. And and I pray that it comes to an end. I really do pray that it comes to an end on November the third, and then on January the twentieth. All of those those government officials, those intel groups, the FBI, the CIA, all the ones who this 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 this, this, this criminal has dismissed. I think that they will look forward to being able to go in there and just hoist them out uh, with the furniture. But last uh, point before I, before I transition out, uh-huh. I think the support will continuously dwindle against the established Republican, such as the Mitch McConnells, the Lindsey Graham's, and some Not of the him. other ones. If Not him. Right. No, I tell you what, I think that the support will start waning away from him because this hmm. is what I believe the mind of the wicked does. The mind of the wicked is probably sitting back saying, you know what, we so far off base as far as the Republican Party that we just need to go ahead and just, you know, fold our flags on this guy. Let him in November lose the office. And in four years and 2024, listen to me, Jay, the likelihood of who they will be running against, they will come up and sing that same venomous message. Why? Because it probably won't be Joe Biden in 2024. And they probably Mm. feel like they will stand a greater chance going against Kamala Harris in 2024. So I think that there's a grand plan. That may be going on in the back halls of some of these Republican uh, million-dollar meals and things like that because that's how they think. That's how they think. Now, so mm. don't underestimate the fact that they will sit there and fold the flags on this guy in 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 in, in preparedness for 2024. <laughs> uh, yeah, I tell you what, uh, I hear you, but but all the things they're doing to try to intimidate voting. Uh, you know, Mitch McConnell has already said that he's not going to sign a bill that the Democrats passed over the weekend weekend to help with mail-in uh, 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 voting for the post office. So I, I doubt it. And the bottom line is the reason why they continue to do this is because, uh, you know, they get rewarded. There's no – I mean, the, the highest – Mr. Elias, the highest-ranking Republican that 
to me that was voted out um, was uh, Eric Cantor. Remember him? He was actually in a leadership position, and they actually voted him out of uh, offense, mm-hmm. and that was a shock way. But to me, I mean, I'm talking about the, the big Republicans. We're talking about Ryan. We're talking about um, um, what's the uh, who was the Speaker of the House when President Obama doing his last year? What was that guy's name? Banner, Banner, yeah. Uh, I'm talking about these big time cats. I mean, you know, Mitch McConnell and all these guys. Mitch McConnell's not going anywhere. And let's not fool ourselves. Look, I want uh, Lindsey Graham to get his butt kicked out of office, and uh, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, you know, J- Jamie, uh, whatever his last name is, he's really putting up a real good fight. Jamie Harrison, I think that's his name, uh, putting up a very good fight. But, you know, come on, at the end of the day, those white people are going to vote those people back in the office. And so, you know, it's wishful thinking. And as long as they control any part of government, um, it's going to be just not a good thing it's, to me. It's just not going to be a good thing. And I think that um, for the most part, you know, we're going to be dealing with divided government. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, and that's the reason why. Uh, matter of fact, since we brought this topic up, uh, since we kind of went this way, you know, I wasn't going to do an after-the-break question, but I think I want to do one now because it, it, this line of the, the way the conversation has drifted, it, it kind of made me think, hmm, maybe we should do uh, an after-the-break after the break question in the morning. So we're going to definitely do one here. Matter of fact, let's just do it now. All right, it's time for after the break. After the break is when I ask our panelists a question. They have the break to think about their response, and on the other side, they will give us their answers. And here's the question. I just thought of it, so let me make sure I word it properly. You know, we talked about how Donald Trump, we just talked about the Republican Republicans in the Senate, uh, in the House, you know, Mitch McConnell and those guys. Johnny D thinks that their uh, support will wave. I don't think so. Right, But I talked about AOC. We talked about that at the beginning of the show, how AOC, people are saying AOC was upset because she didn't get more talking time at the Democratic convention. Then you also hear other progressives complaining about the Republicans that were on the ticket versus some of the young Latino voices within the party. So here's the question this morning. Will the Democrats continue to do things like this that will self-destruct from within and cost Joe Biden the presidency. So that's the question. Will these young progressive Democrats within the party cause enough nonsense and enough, you know, unease within the party itself where people say, I'm not going to vote because I'm not happy with our platform and elect this man, I put this fool back in office. All right, that's the question. We'll be right back. I cannot wait to hear the answer to this. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere whatsoever.
Whenever we look to this White House for some leadership or consolation or any semblance of steadiness, what we get instead is chaos, division, and a total and utter lack of empathy. I have sat in the Oval Office with both of the men who are running for president. I never expected that my successor would embrace my vision or continue my policies. 
I did hope, for the sake of our country, that Donald Trump might show some interest in taking the job seriously. That he might come to feel the weight of the office and discover some reverence for the democracy that had been placed in his care. But he never did. Let's fight with conviction. Let's fight with hope. Let's fight with confidence in ourselves and a commitment to each other. To the America we know is possible. The America we love. Here and now, I give you my word. If you entrust me with the presidency, I will draw on the best of us, not the worst. I'll be an ally of the light, not the darkness. It's time for us, for we the people, to come together. And make no mistake, united we can and will overcome this season of darkness in America. We'll choose hope over fear, facts over fiction, fairness over privilege. I'm a proud Democrat. And I'll be proud to carry the banner of our party into the general election. So it's with great honor and humility, I accept this nomination for President of the United States of America. It's God damn tweet and the lie. Oh my God, I'm talking freely, but you know, it's a change of stories, a lack of preparation, a lying, holy But he's appealing to the base, what they're doing with the kids at the border. Yeah, and then as he arrived for the game, he was wearing this hat. Welcome in 347-850-1272. If you're just tuning in, that's what you've missed so far. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show. But if you listen to this show every Sunday, you know what time it is. It is time to say hello to the people that help make this show great. And I don't have a red hat. I don't need to tell you about it that way. So let me introduce you to my big sis, Vanessa, is in the house. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Good morning, everybody. Once again, people who watch or listen to the Tom Joyner Morning Show know where that comes from. All right, my little brother's in the house, Johnny D in the place to be. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Doing well. And uh, once again, stimulated by the conversation. So good morning to everyone that allows us not to come to their homes. Good morning, Miss Vanessa. Dr. Williams, Jerome, and your absence uh, for both of them, and Les and Jay, those guys who who put me on and, and uh, run this run run the operation. So thank you all. Well, you know, Quietus is kept. You kind of came on your. No, I'm just joking with you. Of course, you did. <laughs> and like Mr. Elias wow, did wow. say, like you did say, Mr. Elias is the man who gets the first and last word. And there he is. He just laughed. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, sir. Good morning to you, John. I'm so glad you're here. I don't care what Jay say. I love you, my brother, and you bring a lot to the Likewise, show. likewise. Well, what, what you mean you don't care what Jay said? I didn't say anything. What are you talking about? Stop Ooh, it. Whatever. Whatever. You know, you, morning, you know your partner's not here. Your, par- your, your partner in crime's not here. That's the reason why you're trying to reach out. Don't try to steal my partner. You, you know, you're by yourself today. <laughs> whatever. Good morning, Kathleen. And good morning, Mariana Music. Uh, that was Pieces by Hill Street Soul, by the way, Mariana Music. Mr. Elias providing the musical selection. As always, Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some people in the chat room, if you don't mind? 
Sure. So we have uh, Easy Easy's racist ass in there, Covina man, and uh, Bubble Bright. He's in there too. I don't Bubba know about Bubble Bright no more, man. <laughs> He's on the fence now, huh? <laughs> Trump's pissed him off. He's trying to come back from the dark side, huh? Okay, what's up, Bubble yeah. Bright? What's up, Easy? What's going on, Kavina? I got a lot of people I need to say good morning to, but I'm not. I'm just going to say hi to everybody, and I'm going to read some of your comments during the show. The pastor's in the house. Mariana Music was in the house. I'm not sure where she is now, but yeah, we have a lot of people. Mitchell, Gus, just so many. Fred, just so many people. Uh, Marion, there's a lot of people listening. Thank you so much. And thank you for allowing us to be in your homes like Johnny D. said earlier. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Here's the third and final topic of the morning. It's God damn tweet and the lie. Oh, my God, I'm talking too freely. But, you know, it is a change of stories, a lack of preparation, the lying, the holy but he's appealing to the it's goddamn tweet and the lie. Oh my God, I'm talking too freely, but you know. Well, obviously, that's not the final topic of the morning. Sorry about that. But the topic is, you know, uh, Donald Trump, uh, this past week, it's been 163 days since the death of Breonna Taylor. And uh, to date, no one has been arrested. Back on March, back on March 13th, uh, officers raided her apartment with a no. They executed a no-knock warrant, kicked the door down, and uh, and began to enter the apartment. Now her boyfriend, who was with her at the time, thought burglars were breaking in, and he, you know, he pulled out his guns, which he is a licensed weapon carrier, and returned and you know fired at the people. And once he fired at the police, because he didn't know they were the police, they fired 20 shots, hitting Brianna eight times. Now, that was like uh, five months ago. And since then, only one officer has been fired. And the other officers who were a part of that raid, by the way, are still on duty and are still carrying weapons. This past week during the playoffs, LeBron James wore a hat, a red hat that says, Make America, and it crossed out great again, and it said, Make America arrest the cops that were responsible for Breonna Taylor's death. And people are uh, criticizing, uh, some people are criticizing LeBron James for wearing that, saying that they're trying to profit off the death of Breonna Taylor. I think they're just trying to stay woke and for us to continue to say her name. Let me start the conversation off with you, Johnny. You know, man, uh, one of the things that we hope that there will be justice for those who were wrongfully accused, people who were killed innocently. Um, This is a situation where people are saying that the officers have made a mistake, but here's the problem with incompetency. They executed a warrant on someone who who was already in police custody. They had no business at her house. And so people are saying, well, they made a mistake, oh, well. The Attorney General of Kentucky is accusing the, the Democratic Senator, Senator, the senatorial candidate, uh, Amy McGrath, because she's bringing it up now, saying that, you know, she's just trying to politicize this thing. Let us continue with our investigation. We will get to the bottom of it. But it's been five months, my friend. What do you think, man? You think anything's going to happen, or are they trying to wait out the shot clock? Hello, Jake. Johnny, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's there. He's there. All right. Yeah, go ahead, Johnny. Okay. I, yeah, I tell you what. Um, I heard a, I heard a bit and piece of, like I said, I got a thousand things I'm trying to do. So uh, is this after the break? 
Not oh, God about dang that. it, you're right, Johnny. You know what? I messed up. Whoa, he, he got me. He got me. He got me. But Elias, why didn't you say something? He got me. He got me. Okay. I was going to dip in and say something, but you were designed first. I was going to say, okay. Yeah, I'll take a down and pick that up. Johnny D is our new programming director this morning. Thank you, Johnny no, D. It's no, time for no. after the break. <laughs> Where we ask people, I asked my oh, man, I forgot. Because it wasn't really on the agenda. I just made it up. So I'm looking at my, my sheet, and I didn't have it on there. All right, so after the break. After the break is when we ask our panelists a question, and uh, we get their answer in 90 seconds or less. And so let me start the clock. And the question was, for those who may just be tuning in, or those who forgot, like me, the question was, Blue Dog Democrats really threw a monkey wrench in President Obama's agenda back in the day. And so now people are talking about AOC and some of these new wave Democrats creating ruckus within the party. So the question is, do you think this this ruckus and this, and this unrest and all these different things that are going on within the Democratic Party, even though the Democratic Party is showing a united front at this time, do you think that could cause disruption within the party and eventually keep Donald Trump in the White House. And ladies first, Johnny, I'll come back to you. Vanessa, the clock's on you. What do you think, Vanessa? Do you think that this disruption within the party itself, the fact that they were crying that no one, you know, there was no, they talked about Republicans being on the Democratic, on the DNC, uh, uh, you know, uh, speakers list. Do you think this is going to cause any issues come the general election? Somebody was going to say something. Um, no, no, the clock's okay. on you. I'm going to stop the clock and yes, start again. Yes. Go. Yes, I do. I don't like AOC or OC or whatever that little girl name is. I think she's messy. Mm. I think she was messy when she first got in because she was trying to move Pelosi. And Pelosi said, if you just let me do one term and get Trump out, I will back out of the picture. It's what Pelosi had to agree to get that little girl to shut up. I don't like her. And it wasn't about Sanders the other night. It was about Biden. And they shouldn't have given her any more than what she got because they knew that she was going to be talking about Sanders and not about Biden. Let it go. Let it go. Sanders is the He's the one who helped Hillary to lose with all of his mess. It's time for you to go sit in a rocking chair and sit down and shut up with your great-grandchildren. Not grand, with your great-grandchildren, Sanders, and everybody that's going with him. And if they don't stop, they are going to mess the Democratic Party up with all of this childish behavior about paying for everything. Everything is free, 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 free. I'm sick of that little girl. She's going to go sit down somewhere. No, I don't like her. And yes, she's going to mess up the party. Wow, uh, she said all that uh, in 43 seconds. Thank you, Vanessa. <laughs> wow. All right, uh, Johnny D, man, uh, the man who thank you so much for getting the show back on track. Question for you, 90 seconds. Do you think that this could disrupt the party, cause people to stay at home, and eventually keep Donald Trump in the White House? What say you? Under ordinary circumstances, I, I think that this could be one of those divisive uh, scenarios where you have some extreme thoughts and then you've got those who are a little bit more centered and then you've got the as Jay as you illustrious call the blue dog democrat and and I go back to saying what uh, I've said before you know we we our generation have birthed a generation of children who don't think like us and in some instances they really don't respect 
the fact that we were conformists and they are more extreme in their thoughts in regards to how America should look. Uh, some of it is because they, they do feel entitled. Some of it is because they don't necessarily have the scars that, that, that we have and, and that, that, that conformity. Um, so under normal circumstances, I think that it would be divisive. I think after President Biden is elected and Vice President Harris is elected, I do think that there will be some internal matters that will have to move forward and be, be, be reconciled in order to see where the Democratic Party shapes, of which I think it's going to ultimately lead to a third party candidate in years to come. But my, my, my response is no, because of the candidate, uh, who, the, the incumbent who's in office, Long term, I do think that it will be divisive and that we will all have to understand that um, there is, there, there, there's, there's two demographics in the, in the Democratic Party. One that is the... Oh, that's it. Very... Okay. All right. Hurry up, Johnny, because I even gave you, I give you Vanessa's time too. Uh, okay. All right. Well, Thank you, Johnny well, D. Well, I, I, that's why I still okay. <laughs> All right. Good stuff, man. All right, Mr. Elias, man, you're on the clock, 90 seconds. Uh, what do you think, man? Do you think that this uh, nonsense within the party uh, will eventually cause people to stay home and uh, keep this man in the White House? Uh, depends on what, what demographic, demographics you're talking about. Young people, man, that I, 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 I'm like Vanessa with the young people. They don't want to get out and vote because it's Biden and Harris. I don't want to get out and vote. So is it going to mm. stuff? I don't, I, I don't think that it will. I don't think the AOCs or anybody going to stop the older generation from voting. It's the young people that I worry about, and it has nothing to do with AOC. It's just the fact that they yep. don't like the candidates. And when they don't like the candidates, they're not going to get out and vote. because they They're not going to respect the right that what, what people have died for to go. So would it would it would it divide the older generation? No, it won't, because the older generation understands how important it is to vote. But the younger generation, not at all. They they wouldn't give a damn what goes on around them. Some of them are too. It's, I call it the dumbing down of America, where they don't even know who. The, some of them don't even know who the vice president of the United States is. They wouldn't know who the speaker of the house is. They won't know anything. So no, I don't think it would divide the. The, the older voting group, but it will divide. Well, it won't even divide the younger group because they, they just don't vote. They don't care to vote because they don't like the candidates. I don't like them, I'm not going to vote. <clears throat> All right, minute 15. All right, uh, here, let me uh, give my real quick response to this. Uh, I, I do. I worry about it uh, because, you know, once again, should uh, should uh, Julio Castro had a speaking part on in on the DNC ticket? Now, here's something that I found out yesterday that he was actually asked and he declined. So a lot of people are saying, why wasn't he on the ticket? People were talking about Republicans being on the ticket. And I think the reason why they had Republicans speaking at this convention is because they're trying to reach these disaffected, uh, disaffected of, of, of Republicans. They're trying to reach these people who are not happy with their party, and they're trying to bring them into the big tent. But I'm like you, Vanessa. I think I've never been a fan of AOCs from the very beginning. I think that she's self-centered. She's trying to serve her purpose. She's trying to be bigger than what her position is. And this is all 
all about fame and fortune for her. Not really fortune, but fame, recognition. You know, that's what I feel. And I feel that, you know, at the end of the day, that's going to be detrimental. For you to be, to go from a bartender, and look, and I don't have anything against bartenders, but I remember when we were talking about this one particular, when they were talking about Amazon moving out of New York, and when they put a microphone in front of her and she started talking about the reason why they should come to New York, her her facts were wrong. They were just wrong. And so at the end of the day, she wants to be the Speaker of the House. She's targeting Democrats and she feels that's in her way. Does that, that sounds like somebody else we have in office. Serve your people, not yourself. All right, I did that in a minute, 24. All right, that's this week's edition of Four Minutes or Less. Something that you need to know. Thank you so much, Vanessa. I love you for being on my team this morning. All right, so listen, that's it. That's after the break. Yeah, Vasilius, you got that. After the break, you 90 seconds or less. Something uh, that uh, we ask our people questions, they give us answers. That's the response for this morning. All right, so now, let's get back to Brianna Taylor. Um, what I was asking about Brianna Taylor... Johnny, uh, is the fact that we're five months into this thing. No one has been arrested. Uh, the officers that were a part of the initial raid, the, the, one is actually, one was fired, okay, and the others are still on duty patrolling. And people can say, yeah, well, this is a mistake. He shot at the cops first. That's what I've been hearing a lot, Johnny. He shot at the cops first. And see, here's the thing that I don't understand about Americans. Put yourself in his shoes. You're lying in your bed, sleep. Somebody kicks your door down. I'm not going to say, hey, knock, knock, who's there? I'm going to grab my firearm, and I'm going to try to shoot him. Because anybody in their right mind is not going to kick your damn door down at something, whatever time, oh, oh, dark 30 in the morning. They have to have malice intent. And the fact that they didn't announce that they were the cops, all of a sudden that justifies them shooting 20 times, hitting this lady eight times. She was at home, sleep, minding her own business. Then to top it off, the person that they were looking for was already in custody. How, in God's name, Johnny, no one's been arrested after five months? Jay, this is this is an injustice uh, you know I go back to the first week several months ago when we when we were discussing that this, this this young lady this fine young lady uh, and that incident and and I remember saying you know presenting some questions that I had uh, in regards to articles that I had, had read about you know that this being a, a, a no-knock warrant um, the search warrant was for two residents. However, they had uh, already served a warrant at a residence earlier that the individual that was supposed to be part of uh, the main focus of the warrant had already been arrested. But yet this, this, this residence was supposed to have been um, a place where they were storing um, illegal, illegal narcotics and, and, and products. And then, of course, part of the article read that uh, they were they, that the law enforcement announced it. Now, of course, I immediately said something. You know, all, given all those facts, I wanted to basically stand down until more information came out. But the thing that I also voiced at that time was the fact that it was not looking well for law enforcement because the boyfriend had shot a law enforcement officer and had been released 
had been released within 48 hours. Now, generally and typically, that's never going to happen unless the person is affluent or high profile. So as the information has revealed itself, it is more and more likely that they did not announce themselves. So he had every right to protect himself in his home. Okay. The warrant um, information was inaccurate. Uh, there was no warrant. They actually was at the wrong address. So all of this stuff has since come out since the first time we talked about it, which means that the delay in justice is a delay in justice. You understand what I'm saying? Because at this point in time, we know enough of the facts to understand that one, the boyfriend is not going to be charged. So if that is the case, then you saw what he did as being justified. So then if he was justified, somebody had to be somebody had to be in violation of, 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 of the due process and the rule of law. And at some point, you will have someone that will stand up and be forthright enough to force the city of Louisville to prosecute these rogue law enforcement officers who clearly was acting outside of the scope of their roles and responsibility. And there will not be any justice for Breonna Taylor and her family because the young lady has met her demise. But at least the criminal justice system and the judicial system will play itself out and serve the purpose of the citizens of that particular uh, city and that state. You know, Vanessa, the fact that if someone accidentally, okay, think about it from this perspective. <clears throat> the cop that shot uh, the young man who was in Dallas, who was sitting on his couch eating ice cream, Ooh. she's in jail. Right? She's in jail. Now, someone can say, well, the police announced themselves. If you're asleep and someone kicks the door in, tell my police, first of all, if you're waking up out of your sleep, are you going to be like, what, what did they say? I mean, did they say, you know, you're kicking in the bed, you're kicking in the front room door. So basically, if you're in the bedroom, you know, you're probably in another part of the apartment. So he very well could not have heard them say police if that's what they did, which I don't think they did. But, you know, according to them, that's what they said. And the fact that, once again, two of the officers are still on duty. And the fact that the attorney general is saying, you know, we need time to do our investigation. It's been five months. What all do you need to know? Let's state the case out right now. Police officers kicked in the door of a couple who were asleep in their apartment. No knock kicked the door in and then probably said police that guy probably didn't know what the hell was going on he grabbed his weapon and started shooting they shot 20 times hitting Brianna Taylor 8 times boyfriend was arrested eventually he was released person that they were looking for was already in custody so this is incompetence at the highest level what else do we need to know what else Vanessa what else do we need to know to, you know, uh, to, to, to press a case, to, 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 to have a grand jury look at it? What else do we need to know? I, I think it's pretty cut and dry. 
if you make a mistake and hit somebody because you failed to do something, if you run a stop sign, you may be the best person in the world, but if you hit somebody, they're going to at least charge you with vehicular manslaughter, second-degree murder, or whatever. When you make mistakes that cost people them, their lives, you just can't say, oh, well, because we're the police, we made a mistake. That's just the nature of the business. Sorry. Are you kidding me? What else do they need, Vanessa? What else do they need? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I, I can honestly say, and if y'all, Les and Jay, uh, think back to the other show, I have even told y'all that somebody kicked my door in at my house when they thought they watched Bobby go to work. Remember tell you? I didn't watch Bobby go to work. They kicked the door in and pretty much kidnapped me and my daughter when she was like three or four years old, about four. And I thought it was Bobby coming back in the house, but it wasn't. So when somebody kicks your front door in, you wake up and you hear the noise and you're kind of crazy delirious until you see somebody standing over you. So I've been there. I've done that. I guess I, I can look back hindsight now and say it is such a blessing that my daughter and I are still alive. But when I tell you today, and don't laugh, Liz, I sleep with a 25 beside the bed next to me, that to this day, 30 years later, when people come in the house, they're like, Mommy, it's me. Or Vanessa, it's me. Because if you walk in up on me now, you're going to get shot. For that very same reason. So, yeah. They should be in prison. They should be in jail. They should be whatever they can get with them. And what really pisses me off out of all the folks who didn't got killed lately is the only one that Oprah said I did anything about was Brianna. Out of all the men, she ain't said a word. But she did a book cover. Her magazine cover is Brianna. It's not just Brianna. It's all of them. But ain't nothing happened for her people. Nothing have happened to Brianna's folks. Even the one where the guy was sitting at the table eating the ice cream and she was in the wrong apartment with the wrong rug on a different floor because she was sexting somebody got five years. At least she got five. Brianna folks ain't got nothing. Yeah. And I applaud Oprah. And I think Oprah did that because if you think about it, think about the other cases that are going on. George Floyd, you know, enough said we know what's happening with that. Uh, you know, Ahmaud Berry, what's some guy saying that, that was jogging? That those people were in jail. Ahmaud Arbery. Yeah, Arbery. They're in jail. Uh, they're in jail. You know, so, yeah, they're in jail. They were arrested. Well, yeah, but, you know, you have to wait for the criminal process. I mean, you have to wait, you know, it has to go through the justice system. But someone's in jail behind it. They were arrested. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and then if you look at the case of the young man that was choked to death, the violin player, you know, um, what's happening with that matter of fact? They didn't arrest any of those officers. They were just fired. You know when people fire somebody, they think they're doing stuff, we're going to fire them. Really? Is that a punishment? How is that no, a punishment? No, it's not a punishment because they just go to the next city and get a job. How is, you know, that's why I don't get what officers were fired. Really? What does that do? They have another job? Oh, great. We're going to fire them. That's going to teach them a lesson. Meanwhile, a family has lost a member 
of their family forever. I mean, I don't get that stuff. I don't. I never understood how. Oh, uh, he was. You know, he, you know. We we're going to make the part, the guy resign from office. Who gives a damn if they resign? Oh, you know, their place in history. History will forever look at them as whatever. So, what does that do? I'm. T- just put off by all this stuff. I really am. And the fact that, Mr. Elliott, it's like I asked Vanessa, the bottom line is, is that to me, it should be an open and shut case. I don't understand how, you know, the, the fact that they were, tell me anything in that case that justified those officers shooting that young lady, kicking in that door. Jay, they released him, but they put the boyfriend in jail. And now he was but going Vanessa, to but, but, his I'm with you. But see, here's the problem that I have, Mr. Elias. You're, you're still having that thing, so I'm going I'm to keep talking to you and get that rectified. So, once again, you tell me what's going on. You, they, they were at the wrong, they, first of all, they were at the wrong apartment. Second of all, the guy that they were coming after was already in custody. That is incompetence at the highest level. The highest level. And so if nothing else, if nothing else, Mr. L.E.S., there should be some type of wrongful death charge or something. It's like we made a mistake, we're sorry, life goes on. I'm sorry. I mean, what is this, man? It's an injustice at the highest level, man, to me. These are you can people say that, that again. To protect, them, to pay protect and service, but, you know, they're paid to kill us. That's, 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 all, that's all that's happening. And, and, and like you said, if they get fired, they're going to move to the next town and get another job. The same guy that killed Michael Brown had how many incompetencies um, on his record, and he moved right to the next town and got another job. That's just what happens in the United States of America. And if you want to look into white America, you can look right into the chat room. And Boba Bright is in there spouting off stuff about how it was okay for the police officers to come in this ma- to, to come into their house and, and start shooting these people. And he said, well, did they shoot through the door? <laughs> He said that, that the boyfriend shot through the door. If you're trying to break into my house and I hear somebody trying to break into my house, I'll shoot and ask questions later. Because I don't know who the hell you are. In the middle of the night, you're trying to break into my house, and I'm a, I, that's what I got a gun for, is to protect my house and protect me. I'm not going to sit there and say, hey, man, that might be the police. Let me, let, no, I'm not going to fire nobody. If you come in my house, trust me. I'm going to return fire and I'm going to keep until I don't know, uh, until you tell me who the hell you are. And trust me, I'm not going to stop until you tell me who you are. So when you break into my house with a no-knock warrant for somebody who wasn't even there, you got the wrong address. And on top of that, the guy that you're looking for is already in jail and nobody, nobody's Going to jail over this crap? Nothing. 
and you and then you arrest the boyfriend, where is the NRA in all of this mess? Because they should have first they should have been the first ones on the scene saying, nope, that man was protecting his home. This is what we stand for. Bet they didn't show up, did they? Bet they didn't show up. So this this is the crap that we hear all along. This is this is white America, man. This is it's okay to kill black folks. It is okay because this is how they feel about us. It's okay. They don't care. Mm-mm. You, you can kill whoever you want to as long as they're not white. I mean, if that had been a white person who died, they wouldn't even fight on them. If they went to a White House and served a warrant, they probably wouldn't even fire the gun. Hell, look at look at all the people, the militia that stormed the state capitol in Michigan. Now one shot was fired, and then people were in their faces. Uh, pushing them and doing everything else. None of them got arrested, did they? Because this, this is white America, man. This is the way of the America that we live in. This is it. You know, Johnny D, I think the reason why some of these people can make these comments, you know, vote Vogel Wright and folks like him who try to justify this stuff, you know, it all makes sense. You know, like Mike Tyson said once upon a time, a long time ago, everybody has a plan until they get hit. And if this happened to one of their loved ones, I bet you they'd be singing a different tune. If they were laying yeah. in bed and someone kicked their door down at, you know, 4 a.m. or whatever time it was in the morning when you are definitely asleep and you have a firearm there, I guess you're just going to ask who it is first. I mean, this is the thing that I don't get. People try to justify stuff when it doesn't make sense. It's called kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. If you're lying in your bed, Someone kicks your door in. Now, keep in mind, you don't have the benefit of knowing what we all know now. You're laying in your bed. Somebody kicks your damn door in. Are you going to be like, who is it? Who is it? Who are you? Because if they were someone that was of sound mind and judgment, they'd ring your doorbell or knock on your door. So if they kick your damn door down, that automatically raises your your senses, heighten your senses of alert saying that this is not a good situation. So now I go into the mode of shoot now, ask questions later, like Mr. Elias just said. But they try to justify this nonsense because they know damn well if they were in that same situation, they would do the exact same thing that that young man did. But they have the pleasure, I shouldn't say the pleasure, they have the ability to look at this thing after the fact. Hindsight's twenty twenty. It's easy for you to say it now because you're looking at it through a different lens. But look at it through the lens of the man that was laying in bed that night and put yourself in his shoes. And then you, if you tell me what your response is going to be, you're a damn liar. And you're a hypocrite. And if you have that type of mentality, do not listen to this show. We don't want you here because we are honest folks listening to this show. We don't want people who try to justify nonsense. And that's what you guys do. Johnny D, what say you? Jay, is befitting that um, this, this commentary kind of fall on, on my doorstep because not only have I been on the front end of that, I, I've had guys who have also, um, you know, overseeing task force uh, so I, I've got I've, I've dealt with some real door kickers, and 
So it's a sensitive subject. It's a necessary subject in order to make sure operationally that a, 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 a function is neutralized. But when it's executed poorly and that you don't clearly announce yourself, then you have situations as you did in Ms. Taylor's case. Now, I'm convinced, based on several different conflicting articles, but then more than anything, the fact that the boyfriend, and you know, forgive me for not knowing the young man's name, was not arrested and will not be charged is a clear indicator to me that law enforcement on that night did not execute that warrant properly. So in the admission of their duties, the young lady got killed. Someone has to be charged. Now, again, this is a guy who has kicked the door. This is a guy who has supervised teams who that's what their sole purpose is, is to surprise and the element of surprise in order to neutralize the situation to prevent casualties. But if it's poorly executed, people lose lives unnecessarily. And again, the young man who discharged his weapon did so in just. He was justified because there's no way that those law enforcement, or those three officers, there's no way that they executed that warrant consistent with way no not warrants are supposed to be executed and gunfire was exchanged a life was lost you had a law enforcement officer get hit and nobody has gone to jail okay so that right there is a clear indicator to me that he was just in what he did and law enforcement was unjust and that's where I stand there is never a wrong time to be right and a person who has been on that side of the, 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 the aspect of it, understand that it is a sensitive, fine line between right and wrong. And the best result is when you can come away from an incident and everybody who is supposed to go to jail goes to jail and there's no shots fired. And that didn't happen. So someone has to be charged. Well said. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. A quarter till the top of the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, Mr. Elias Smith. Well, Vanessa, let me let me hear from you. Um, think about this child's mother, right? Think about the fact that her daughter was murdered in her home, in her bed, and that's what it, it's murdered. That's exactly what it is. Look up the definition of murder, and you tell me if that if this does not fall under that definition. Yet she had to bury her child. We're all parents, uncles, you know, um, fathers, mothers, and none of us want to bury our children before we close our eyes for the final time. Even though our kids say we don't want you to go first, that's just the way it works. Like Mufasa said, the circle of life. That's how it works. But at the end of the day, when these people make these comments, trying to justify the actions of the police, what about her mother, Vanessa? And as a mother, how how would you deal with something like this? You would be yelling at the top of your lungs. Your life's commitment would be trying to find justice for not only your daughter, because as we have seen throughout 
these shootings of unarmed black men and women, these mothers perform a sisterhood, a bond. When another mother is introduced to the club, they all rally behind that individual. And the one thing you can the one thing you can say that that club has been all black, and it's not because they're racist. It's because that's how the situation created the club. What say you, Vanessa? Apologize with my soul. I stepped away for a few minutes, so I didn't hear the question. Well, Johnny, go ahead. You, you heard it. Go ahead and, and give me a comment on it. You know, Jay. Unfortunately, that 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 sorority and that fraternity of of of, of family members who who have to bury their children because of un poorly trained. And and sometimes biased and dis, you know discriminately based uh, law enforcement officers is sad and you know my, my my heart my prayers have always gone gone out um, to the victims to the law enforcement community because I'm convinced that the majority the majority the vast majority. Who, who go out and, and do their duties. They want to serve the stakeholders and the public in a professional and, and dignified and respectful and honest manner. And then you've got those individuals who either through poor training, which you have to still yep. be accountable for, and yep. through just malice and being a, a execute malfeasance, it, it, you know, it is what it is. And un- unfortunately, we're seeing this too often in our communities and, and, you know, we just have to stay in prayer. And I hope that there will yep. be, I hope that ending will be better than our current beginning. And that's what I pray for every day. Absolutely. Well said. Mr. Elias, I'm pretty sure you don't mind if we give Vanessa the last word on the segment, do you? No, sir. Vanessa, give me your final thoughts on this uh, Justice for Brianna segment. I just hope that um, someone is held accountable for it. I just hope that, it's, if nothing else, it needs to give her mother some peace. And justice yes. needs to be settled with this case. That's all I can say about it. Absolutely. I agree with you wholeheartedly. All right. It is time for Chatterbox, where we take comments from the chat room and uh, comments from social media. And we... Read them on the air. Mr. Elias, man, do you have anything you want to contribute to this segment? Or, or have you yes. put everybody in the chat room on punishment? No, yes. I got a, I got a, um, a couple in there. Covina man was talking about Trump's sister. He said his sister, will, his sister tells us everything we already know about Trump. It will, make him, it will make his base love him even more, not less. And he says, I'm counting the hours until Fox News says that this was about uh, Joe Biden, not Trump. And then Green Beasley says the cops remind him of the uh, the old knights of uh, uh, of the South riding on black people. Well, all right, I have uh, a few I'm going to read because we're running out of time here. Pastor uh, says that uh, Jay, I love the break question. I'm concerned about that very thing. Like you said earlier, had it not been for the blue dog democrats president obama would have had a larger legislative platform as a part of his legacy you're right about that mitchell from jonesboro arkansas i am a lifelong republican 
Uh-oh. I voted for Trump in 2016. Uh-oh. And I plan to vote for him again in 2020. Damn. But, capital but, I have been listening to your program for the past four weeks, and I find that your topics about our president are harsh. Okay. But, capital letters, in some cases, are true. I hear, I'm here to tell you that you can change my mind. I will continue to listen. I don't even know what to say behind that. Okay, thanks, Mitchell. Uh, Paula from Miami, Florida. I don't know what to say about it. The, the host's passion on the Breonna Taylor subject was breathtaking. I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. God bless you all in this show. Thank you, Paula. Devin from uh, Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. Says, the former police officer, I am torn. On one hand, I can see your point of view, okay? But I can also see it from the officer's point of view as well. Mm. Both parties had to protect themselves in that situation. It's just an unfortunate accident. I, you know, I think I'm going to save my responses to those two comments for my final <laughs> thoughts. I, I, have to, I have to think about how I'm going to respond to that because I have no words for what they just what I just read. All right, uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back back with our final thoughts. Listen to the serious side of the J. Rouse show. It's time for this week's edition of Under the Radar, stories that didn't make the cut for the live show. However, they are important stories that you need to know. Here's our story for this week. All right, we're continuing to monitor this. President Trump talking about this deregulatory push. I do want to clarify a couple of things. He said that no president in history has cut regulations as much as he has. That is true. I, I think he might have uh, mischaracterized um, the regulations that were added under Barack Obama. Um, they were largely financial-related. Uh, you might recall we had this little thing called the financial meltdown, and much of those regulations were geared to preventing banks from ever investing in things like risky mortgage securities, pooling them selling them off, um, that tended uh, to, to be really the scourge of that entire period. So more than half the regulations the Obama administration added were of that bent uh, post the meltdown. Uh, another quick point, when the president referred uh, to, to the, the horrible results, I put that word in there, or the disappointing results of the prior administration for adding uh, those regulations, uh, be that as it may, uh, the unemployment rate did under Barack Obama go down from a high of 10% to around 4.7%. Uh, President Trump, of course, sent that even lower, eventually getting us down to around a 3.5% unemployment rate. But I didn't want to leave you with the impression that during those eight years when Obama first came into office and we were bleeding about a million jobs a month, that that was a standard fare and that characterized the whole eight years. The, the recovery itself might have been weak, but we were coming off, uh, you know, a meltdown. So, again, both presidents can certainly crow about the growth that they saw, but it was not a disaster under Barack Obama. Not only did the Dow essentially triple during uh, his tenure, uh, but whether you want to call the increased regulations and, and other things that police the financial companies uh, as the bane of our existence, those companies did very well. Americans did very, very well. So I just want to put that in, in, some, in some context here. It was not uh, disastrous those prior eight years, just like it certainly hasn't been disastrous prior towards the virus with this president. Just doing a, a sort of a bulls and strikes thing on that. Another day, another Fox News segment wherein even the openly conservative network can no longer defend this president. This is Neil Cavuto offering a full-throated rebuke of Trump's talking points during yet another White House event turned campaign-style rally. Here, Trump is using the occasion to pat himself on the back for eliminating regulations while attacking Obama for the number of regulations that had been added. Only, as Neil Cavuto mentioned, 
Adding regulations isn't a bad thing, and Trump's blind insistence that it is only goes to show how out of touch he is with reality. Obama came into office in the midst of the worst economic recession since the Great Depression, and it was specifically because lax regulations in the financial sector allowed for those abuses to take place. I'm not sure who was watching their life savings go down the drain in 2009 and hoping for looser regulations on mortgage-backed securities. I don't know who was watching their house being foreclosed on and wondering why it couldn't just be easier for Wall Street. Bear in mind, these regulations are put in place to protect people. But this administration doesn't care about people. It cares about corporations and CEOs. And so, of course, their strategy on regulation is that it's unnecessary because it only makes it harder for those at the top to consolidate wealth. Trump even decides, for some reason unbeknownst to me, to attack Obama on job creation and the unemployment rate. I'm not sure who's advising the guy here, but if he insists, then sure. When Obama took office, the unemployment rate was 10%, which he ultimately got down to 4.7% before leaving office in January of 2017, a 53% decrease. The unemployment rate now, under Donald Trump, is 11.1%, which is a 130% increase from when Obama was in office. As far as jobs are concerned, the White House will try and throw themselves a parade because the U.S. added 4.8 million jobs last month, but that figure is meaningless unless you look at it in the larger context of the economy. And the fact is that we're at a net loss of jobs during Trump's presidency. Every single one of the jobs added over the last four years, and then some, has been wiped out. And look, the White House will claim that this isn't Trump's fault because coronavirus wasn't his fault. And they'd be right that coronavirus wasn't his fault, but the U.S. response to the outbreak was his responsibility. And the fact that nearly every other country on the face of the earth managed to get their outbreaks under control, while the U.S., under Trump's leadership, has seen an explosion of cases still to this day is a direct reflection of his failed response and something that he completely owns as president. That's it. Thank you for listening. And remember, every week we'll feature stories that you need to know right here on Under the Radar, sponsored by the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm Jay Brown. See you next time. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. All right, folks, it's time for our final thoughts. And uh, Johnny D, man, the floor is all yours, man. Final thoughts. You know, Jay, once again, um, like I said, a great show. And uh, I'm thankful for this opportunity each week. You know, as as we venture into this week right here, uh, we're going to be looking at Women's Equality Day on August 26th. This is the centennial year. And the significance of it is this here. You know, week after week, um, broadcast after broadcast, and newsreel after newsreel, you know, I keep hearing how, you know, African Americans sometimes attempt to villainize um, the judicial system, the legislative branch, the criminal justice system, and what women have displayed is this here. In order to make any significant changes, you have to be inclusive of those that you desire to change. And I think that the playbook has been written. So let's not continuously disavow the playbook that has been put into place by the women and the women's suffrage movement, uh, 
um, let's celebrate them. Let's celebrate how this has been done. When women got fed up with men, guess what they did? They got part of the process. They became Fortune 500 um, uh, CEOs. They, they became judges. They got into the criminal justice and law enforcement field, and they took over politics. They got into medicine even more. So the reality of it is, is that instead of sitting back here talking about we anti-law enforcement, don't trust the police, don't trust the justice system, don't trust politicians, in order to see real change, the playbook has been written. You got to be part of it in order to make a change, a significant change. Again, thank you for this opportunity, um, and thank you for those individuals who allowed to come into their home. And God bless. Absolutely, thank you for those ten seconds left for those listening live. We'll see you back here next week for those who are listening normally through your podcast. The show continues, and it's time for our final thoughts. Once again, Mr. Elias Man gets the first and last word, sir. Floor is yours, man. Final thoughts. Well, I got a couple of things I want to say. Well, we were in the chat room. Robo Bright said there's no evidence that uh, Breonna Taylor's boy that, that Breonna Taylor's boyfriend shot through the door. As I read the step by step, they said the police they entered the apartment when someone shot one of shot one of the officers. They entered the off the residence, and then he shot. So they came in. They banged the door down, and he came in, and then he shot. That's what that means to me. So until you, and you said there's no evidence. Well, hell, it's right in the it's right in the uh, uh, step by step of what happened to Breonna Taylor. When they returned fire, they pressed forward with charges against Walker for attempted murder of a police officer. That's what happened. They entered the they entered the residence, and then they shot. He shot at them. That's what happened when you went into somebody's residence, and uh, you know they don't announce yourself. So there it is. So and, and can you do it? And that was just a five-minute look, Robert Bryce. It's because you don't you don't even look. You don't even care. So that tells me the racism that's on your part. Otherwise, folks, get out and vote. If you don't get out and vote, you don't have a voice. Also, folks, before November, make sure that you're registered to vote. You can go out on any website from in your state and find out if you're registered to vote. Make sure you register. I did it. I did it this morning. Make sure I was registered. They said I am registered. I'm ready to vote. So get out and vote. If you don't have a voice. You don't vote. You don't have a voice, folks. I'll say that to the end of time. Absolutely. Uh, my final thoughts are, you know, I, those two. There were two comments that I read during Chatterbox that kind of left me breathless, to be honest with you. Uh, the comment from the young man uh, Mitchell from Arkansas, who said he was a lifelong Republican. You know, anytime we get a message and it starts off like that, it's like brace yourself because we don't know what the rest of us going to say. Uh, the fact that he voted for Trump. Okay, there are people who have made that mistake, but a lot of people are saying we regret that, and we were in a line with our party, but you know what, we have to put country before party, and we're going to go in a different direction. But what threw me off was he said he planned to vote for Trump again in 2020, but he's been listening to our program for the past month or so, and he finds our topics harsh, critical, but in some cases true, according to what this man wrote. And he says, I'm here to tell you that you can change my mind. I will continue to listen. But, Mitchell, if you're listening to the the words that are coming out of my mouth right now, if us talking on this show every Sunday, if that's not proof positive, it's not even a show. You just look at what he's doing. 
for us to still have to convince you at this stage that this man needs to be replaced in the White House, that tells me that you don't need to be here. Don't listen to us. Because there's nothing we're going to say that's going to provide any more truth than what this man is doing every day. So do me a favor and stop listening. We don't need you. Don't want to try to convince you. If you need convincing at this late date that this guy is unable and unstable to be the president of the United States, may God bless you. Bye, Felicia. And for Devin, the guy in North Carolina, the former police officer, I can see both points of views. Both parties had to protect themselves. Devin, I'm going to work with you on one thing. If someone shoots you, you're going to shoot back. Okay, I get what you're saying in regards to that. But here's what you don't get. They should have never been there in the been first effing place. place. Thank you. So until you understand how this works, then you stop listening to this show. Because we don't need people like you around here either. We want civil-minded folks who understand how it works. I may not, you may not disagree, you may not agree with Joe Biden's policies. But damn it, get someone in there who has base, a basic core of a decent person, an honest person, and then argue the politics once it happens. And for you people who are creating this nonsense within the Democratic Party, oh, they're not progressive enough, they're not this, we're going to stay home. Why don't you just put your damn red hat on and go stand at a, at a Trump rally if you're going to do that? Because all you're doing is casting a vote for that clown. I have never seen so many people that are so ridiculous before in my life. And I mean, you know, it's harsh for me to say it, but I don't give a damn. Our country is at stake. My children and my grandchildren have to live under this nonsense that this orange bastard has put in place. It's time for this stuff to stop. Time for it to stop. And on that note, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday and it's serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow show. All I'm going to say to you folks is have a wonderful weekend. Uh, you know, we'll see you next week. So for my colleagues, John, Vanessa, Mr. Elias, God bless you guys, and uh, have a good work week. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network.